Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for Joshua and his family and the ministry that you've given them. And I thank you uh, for what he has prepared for us today. Lord, I pray that we would be those who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Yes. That, that we would be shaped by the Word and that we'd be led by the Spirit. Yes. Uh, we submit to you now, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you, brother. I love you, J.D. Thank you so much. It's looking good. Uh, You're looking distinguished. You are looking distinguished in every way. You know, JD, I remember. uh, I remember when you were saying we're going to plant a church, and uh, I was here last uh, when you dedicated this building. And I look around and I see, like, you know, the swilly effect uh, on this church. There's, there's so much excellence and beauty uh, in everything that you do. And, uh, and I was thinking as I was trying to figure out what to call this, this sermon, like, uh, what, what do I call this sermon, God? Because what happened is, is at the dedication, as I was sitting there, God told me three things about your church. And I knew that you would invite me sometime or other down the road to come back. And I was like, well, that's what I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach those three things that you told, that God, you told me about this church. And uh, as I was thinking about the, uh, the sermon today, I, I was thinking this isn't really uh, a church plant anymore. This is a planted church. And there's a little bit of a difference there and in a and really what it has to do is when you endure through the lessons and the challenges that God puts in your life, you're a little more deep and you're a little more grounded and you're a little more mature. And I was looking around the church today and I was thinking, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of youth in this church, but there's not a lot of youth in this church. And uh, this is a planted church that has an assignment for the kingdom of God, and it's just really exciting to look at uh, and, and to be a part of uh, and to share. And I just appreciate you letting me come and share today. Um, I've got this next slide. This is Instruments of Joy. Uh, many of you may have heard of Instruments of Joy. Uh, Seeds Church has been a tremendous blessing. Many of you in this room have been a tremendous blessing for Instruments of Joy. What we do at Instruments of Joy is we give quality musical instruments to musicians in need in Jesus' name. And so we've, we've given out about 800 instruments in 67 countries. I say we've given out. I'm just kind of in the middle. People give me money or give me instruments, and then I give them to musicians in need throughout the world. So we're kind of like the ligament in the, in the middle. Uh, one thing I'd like to say about Instruments of Joy is that God still does the loaves and fishes thing. I, I don't I, like there is so many more musicians and people who need instruments than we can afford to do. And yet uh, when the resources that you have are in the hands of the maker, then he can uh, he can just get it done. I think I think there's a lot more. Um, you, you you may not have all the money, but you're always going to have all the bread when you're doing what God has called you to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, I got one more slide. This is uh, straight out of Jeremiah 1.7. And it's kind of funny because I, um, I didn't really know why God put, 
put this slide in here. His just give me, <laughs> give me this you know, slide. And it says, but the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And wherever I command you, you shall speak. Um, God has a, a, a plan for this church. There's, um, there are some people who are really fascinated with addition. Like one plus one is two, or two plus two is four. And then there are some people who are really fascinated with multiplication. Like, you know, eight times eight is not 16. Eight times eight is 64. But I believe that this church is a church with multiplication of multiplication because it's called Seeds Church. Like even your name is not Seed Church. The name of this church is Seeds Church. And God is the creator of seeds. So a seed, like an acorn, is my favorite seed. I build a whole business around it. <laughs> uh, but an acorn is this one little seed that you can plant in soil, in dirt, and it'll produce an oak tree that produces 15 million new acorns. The DNA of the great and mighty oak that will last for hundreds of years and produce millions of new seeds is in this little tiny thing. J.D. And, and Jamie and all the leaders in this church are not your average leaders because they understand that they're not the point. You're the point. I mean, Jesus is the point. But it's like, I just failed the Sunday school uh, answer right there completely. <laughs> but in a church... A planting church, a seed watering, a seed nourishing, a seed planting church, the role of leadership is to get underneath the congregation. The congregation is every one of us is called to go out and to bear much fruit. If you sit in a sermon thinking, oh, they're such a good teacher and, well, that sermon was okay today or that sermon was good, you forgot the point. You're the point. Jesus said, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the father will honor him. He said that after saying, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Our lives not surrendered and planted in the will of God are not lives for the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You're the point. You are the surrendered seed in the ground that will produce multiplication. And so the thing that God put on my heart to share is really about planted seeds. How, what are the kind of, I had a hard time coming up with this. It's like, is this principles? Are these keys? Is this a word from God? What do I call these things? So I ended up with principles because if ever somebody says that they have a word from God, the first thing you want to do is make sure that the word lines up with the word. Because if somebody has a word from God and it's like, you're going to get a Tesla on the fifth Tuesday and there's going to be, it's like, show me in the word, brother. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the word has to line up with the word. So I'm not sharing anything that I believe God told me about this church that's not in the word of God. So I just call them principles. So I'm going to talk about three principles for planting seeds. The first principle 
is that the Holy Spirit is critical. And this is actually the first half of the first principle. I was at this speaking seminar, which was kind of crazy because I, I would have never gone to a speaking seminar. But one of my um, one of my clients actually went to this seminar and they invited me. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go to a speaking seminar. And one of the things they said to do in the speaking seminar is not tell them everything up front. <laughs> so I had everything in this whole sermon right on the front. But now you have to listen to the whole sermon. <laughs> and like. This is, there's three points that I'm going to share. This is only half of the first point. So the first half of the first point is that the Holy Spirit is critical. Critical. I do a uh, Bible study. I do a yearly Bible plan uh, that was written by Eric Little. So does anybody know who Eric Little is? Yeah, so Eric Little was the guy that they made the Chariots of Fire movie about. So he, like, won the Olympics. He wouldn't run on a Sunday, but he you know, got all these gold medals. But what many people don't know about Eric Little is after he won the gold medal at the Olympics, he decided to follow in the footsteps of his parents and go be a missionary in China. While in China as a missionary, he got abducted by the Japanese and was forced into a Japanese prison camp. And he spent years of his life in a Japanese prison camp where he died of malnutrition and a brain aneurysm. But while he was in that prison camp, he wrote a devotional that I now use every day, and I'm sharing it with my friends and, and people, like I send out this email to people that want my daily Bible study thing. And the fruit of Eric's Little's life is still bearing fruit in my life 100 years later. We don't have any concept of how useful we can be for the king of kings if we're just planted correctly. But there is no ministry in the Christian church without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is critical. It's critical. We, we have a church age where people have forgotten about the critical function, role, necessity, primary <laughs> Of the Holy Spirit. Well, you better show me in the word. Okay, that's exactly right. Right? So when Jesus washed the disciples' feet, and before he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, he was praying and he was teaching his disciples. And it's interesting, he's saying in this, this is in John 14, 15, before in John 17, where you have the high priestly prayer. He's saying, I haven't showed you this before, but I'm teaching you this now. And I'm teaching you about the Holy Spirit. So in John 14, 15 through 17, Jesus is talking to his disciples after he's washed their feet. And he said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Like another, as in Jesus is one helper, and then there's another helper. To be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you, i.e., in Jesus, and will be in you, i.e., in you. So Jesus is telling the disciples that the Holy Spirit is going to be in them. When, when Jesus talked to Nicodemus, Nicodemus comes to Jesus, and he's like, there's like this, uh, there's this like, 
amazing ness about you, Jesus. You're doing all these miracles, and nobody can do all these miracles except God is with him. And Jesus says, Nicodemus, you can't even see the kingdom of God if you don't have the spirit of God. And, and Nicodemus is like, what are you talking about? And Jesus is like, you can't enter into the kingdom of God unless you're born again. And he's like, born of, I can't be born again. My, my mom, you know, that's weird. And, 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 and Jesus says, you have to be born of the spirit. So Jesus says to Nicodemus, and then he says to his disciples, the Holy Spirit is going to be in you. The Holy Spirit is critical. And I think sometimes we forget the fact of where the Holy Spirit lives. So sometimes we think the Holy Spirit's just like around the corner and I have to call him over. He's already here. He's here. He's in us. It's not so much that we need the Holy Spirit to come near. It's more that we need to let the Holy Spirit come out. He's already in our innermost being. So how focused are we on the Spirit of God? Our initiatives at work with our family, in our church, do we fundamentally understand and recognize the fundamental need of the Spirit of God? A little long, uh, later on in that John 14, 23, he talks about uh, the Holy Spirit as a teacher. Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. When you're a Christian, you don't just have the I of Jesus. You have the we of Jesus. You have the Trinity. You've got the Father, Son, and the Spirit inside of you. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Here we have, I love verses that have the Father, Son, and the Spirit in one place. Like when the baptism of Jesus and the Spirit descends like a dove and Jesus receives the Spirit and the Father says, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. You've got the Spirit right there. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. The Holy Spirit is a teacher and a reminder. But we have to know the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is critical. He's in us. But I want to say this, and, and I don't want to offend anybody that wrote a commentary. But the commentary is not the Holy Spirit. The commentary is somebody else hearing from the Spirit. And we have teachers in our life. The teachers are gifted by God. God put in the church teachers. But the teacher is not a teacher. The teacher is the Holy Spirit. Have you understood what it means to be taught by the Holy Spirit? Have you just sat with the word of God and not a commentary and not a sermon and not a podcast, but sat with the word of God and let the Holy Spirit just blow you away? I almost knocked my glasses off. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is a teacher. He's a reminder. And he's in us. He's critical. One more Holy Spirit verse. I know you all are comfortable with Holy Spirit verses, J.B., uh, Acts 1, when, Je when Jesus had died, he rose from the grave. He's hanging out with his disciples before the ascension. 
And in one, Acts 1, verse 6 through 8, it says, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But, he's like, I can't promise you heaven right now. It's not that time. This is not the final day. You can't have heaven. But, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The power to be a witness for God does not come from slick. The power to be a witness from God does not come from knowledge. The power to be a witness for God comes from the Holy Spirit. You can be the dumbest person in the world and create a movement. What do, you, what do you think you need more than to radically change your whole church, to radically change your whole school, to radically change your whole community, to radically change your family? Do you think you need more than the Spirit of God? You don't. You're a kid. I'm just a kid. You have the Spirit of God. You have the Spirit of God. Do not just say, I'm but a youth. Do not despise the authority of the Spirit of God in you. Listen, if you are in ministry, and guess what? If you're a Christian, you are in ministry. The Holy Spirit is critical. Critical. Here's the second part. Next slide. The Holy Spirit is critical, but he's not critical. The first critical that I'm talking about is a critical of importance, of power, of teaching, of education. But the second critical that I'm talking about is that critical where we have these people in our lives who just nitpick and they are critical about everything that we do and they're mean. The Holy Spirit is critical, but he is never critical. Do you know what the primary uh, tenant of the Holy Spirit is? Kindness. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. The Holy Spirit is kind. I think sometimes the church, maybe not sometimes, maybe all times, I think the church gets so focused on the will of God that we forget the way of God. You know, you can understand the will of God and not operate in the way of God. I want to challenge you. Are you representing Christ just because you know his will? Guess who else knows the will of God? The enemy. But you know, the only people that are able to accomplish the way of God are those people who have the spirit of God. And the fruit of the Spirit, and it's not fruits, it's not like you get one of these, it's fruit, you get all of these, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. So, I have nine children. We have a hard time getting to church on time. (laughs) And sometimes driving to church 
does not look like the way of God. <laughs> we are going to church because that is what Christians do. <laughs> now, I'm going to smack you back there. That's the will of God without the way of God. Some of my children might have experienced a little bit of that this morning. We've got to double check our way. We've got to double check our way. When you look at all the political climate like J.D. was talking about, there's so much meanness. That is not the spirit of God. Do you think that Abraham Lincoln would have been able to accomplish what he accomplished if he was mean, if he was a mean old cuss? No, he would not. You think that Mother Teresa would have been able to accomplish what she was able to accomplish if she was mean? No, she would not. The way of God is not critical. So many times we think that, oh, well, that, that person that has the power of the spirit, they're, they're so dynamic and they've got this, they're just going to scare everything away. No, the Holy Spirit is gentle and kind. I had to take a deep, deep search of my own Christianity and spirituality as a missionary to ask myself, am I gentle and patient and kind? Because if I'm not, I best not say that I'm a spiritual person. And I can be a spiritual person if I allow the spirit of God to have his way in my life. When I know the will of God, I got to know the way. The spirit of God is not, he is critical, but he is not critical. Okay, um, I think we're going to have to skip a slide. Let's see. I already said that one. Go ahead. Uh, I already said that one. And Okay, here's the anchor verse for me. And I, I need to remind this as a parent of nine children and a ministry leader and a business owner. Um, know this, my beloved brothers. This is James. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. In your spirituality, don't let anger get a hold of you. I think this whole idea of planting seeds is really a wonderful one. Because healthy things grow in healthy environments. And if, if you have a plant, like they actually took some plants and they did this study where, like, they put this one plant in with, like, Bach playing, and then they put this other plant with, like, death metal, and, like, that plant shriveled. Um, we have to make sure that the words that come out of our mouth and the heart that comes out and the spirit that comes out of us is gentle. Okay, the second principle, key, <laughs> foundation, and thing about Seeds Church is that Seeds Church is a place for abundance. I only get one amen, and it's from the pastor. <laughs> Praise God. Come on, say it again. Hey, Seeds Church is a place for abundance. Yeah. Now, J.D., I, I've got to confess to you, when God told me this, when I was here at your thing, I said, oh, God, are you sure? And not because, and not because I, I don't, like, want abundance and blessing, but 
abundance is dangerous. The number one competitor, according to the scripture, for Jesus's affection is money affection. Um, abundance is like a fire because it, it's wonderful, but it's dangerous. And I was like, you know, I was a faith missionary. I was in the business world. God called me to go into full-time missions. And I was like, well, I'm going to be George Mueller too. And he never asked for money. I'm never going to ask for money. And I, there was only one thing I was fundamentally terrified with in mission work, and that was abundance, like paychecks and money. Because I was fundamentally sure that if I started having a lot of money, I would grow a big hump on my back like a camel, and I wouldn't be able to fit through the eye of the needle. And I didn't want to miss out on that. But here's the thing. J.D., you mentioned earlier, and on my next slide, Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You can't have it be on earth as it is in heaven without abundance. Because in the kingdom of God, there is only abundance. So when the kingdom comes, there's abundance. I think, I've, and I've so been guilty of this. Like, I think a lot of times Christian ministry, they look more like Oliver Twist. Like, please, donor, may I have some more? Can I please have some more? God hasn't given us enough, so we need some more. Guilty? Anybody ever do that? Don't, don't laugh at me. You've done that same thing. You know, we, we get this idea that uh, we're not supposed to have abundance or that God is reluctant to give us abundance. But that's just not so. But I want to I talk about three secrets of abundance. So here's three secrets of abundance. The first is that abundance is eternal and we already have it. So imagine if um, you had a rich uncle that left you a billion dollars, and as soon as you turned 18, that billion dollars is yours, right? Listen, Jesus said that we are co-heirs with him of the kingdom. All of us have a rich uncle named Jesus. If you are a Christian, you are more than a trillionaire. You, like, you don't have to make any more money. Your father in heaven owns it all. And you inherit his kingdom. Well, that's not right. I mean, he's, he's God. Yeah, that's the way he rolls. He is fundamentally abundant. If, you're, if you don't have a paycheck today, that doesn't mean you are not fundamentally abundant. And not just temporary. We're not talking about for your retirement or, you know, 80 years or however long you get to live. You have abundance for eternity. You already have it. We need to quit this idea like we don't have abundance we already, everyone who is a Christian already has abundance. It's there. It's eternal. But the second thing about abundance is abundance is not found in a present, but abundance is found in a person. 
So I, I had this visual of like a, a very rich person that had this Lamborghini Countach and they just love it. And they're driving down these windy roads and they're like, I have a Lamborghini Countach. <laughs> but then I saw this, this young man driving in a jalopy and in the passenger seat is his best friend. And he's like, I've got my best friend. The Lamborghini without the friend has no value. Abundance is not in the present. Abundance is in the person. If you have a relationship with Christ, you have a much greater abundance than just the stuff. You have abundance and abundance. The third secret about abundance, and this is something that took me a while to understand. Well, here's another thing that took me a while to understand. The slides are back there. I don't have to keep turning around. They're right there. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I don't have to look down anymore. Okay. Um, thank you. We have abundant monitors. <laughs> this is incredible. Listen, here's the thing about abundance. God can't give us abundance if it will steal our affection for him. Because he wouldn't be a loving father if he allowed that to happen. There's a pre-abundance necessity in the life of the Christian and its character. If you... If you Abundance is good. It is a kingdom reality. But God isn't going to give you abundance if it will destroy your life. I remember praying that God would not give me more abundance than I could handle in my character as a young missionary. And God blessed me with like seven years of poverty because he didn't want me to grow without affection for God. God doesn't want to give us one abundance that's going to steal from a greater abundance. So stop focusing on abundance and focus on the relationship with the king of kings. The second thing about abundance is, and I already made this point in point one, abundance is eternal. Like abundance is a blessing, abundance is good, but then what do I do with like Jim Elliott who goes and like gives all of his money away and he like gets stabbed by tribes to share the gospel? And what do I do with all these missionaries, Hudson Taylor and Adoniram Judson and all of these people that like they live these lives without abundance? You know who else did that? Jesus did that. So we've got to like stop thinking about abundance as this cheap temporary thing many times God is going to keep you from having a lot of abundance now because there's a reward in heaven for that and the calling that you have is different than everybody else's and so JD that when God told me the seeds church is a place for abundance that's your assignment you guys are a place for abundance but not abundance that is cheap and temporary. 
The abundance that God puts into your hands is for multiplication of the kingdom of God. And if you don't have, like, if you hang on to abundance, this is something I try to teach all of my clients. You know what abundance is without an outlet? It's called a reservoir. You know what abundance is with an, with a, with an outlet? It's called a river. You know what a reservoir does without an outlet? It gets stinky. It breeds moss and scum and mosquitoes. But a river, if it doesn't have a reservoir, it kind of like fizzles out. So the kingdom of God, the way that God works is he takes abundance and he uses it for abundance. And he brings this back around and around. And some people are called to be reservoirs. And some people are called to be rivers. And some people are called to be both. But this church is a reservoir for the kingdom of God. This is a place for abundance. So the fourth point, I've kind of said it in like nine different ways. The point of abundance is for abundance. The point of abundance is for relationship with God. The point of abundance is for eternal reward. Uh, This is a place for abundance. This is a place to use your gifts for the kingdom of God. Okay, the third point, principle, is that open doors are for open hearts. In the Christian circle, we're often praying that God would open a door, right? I need a new job. I got an opportunity to talk to this person. Uh, I want to be blessed here. God, please open a door. But in the kingdom of God, there's a spiritual principle that is so important that we understand. Do you know what is behind every door that God opens? An open heart for the gospel. When God opens a door for you in your life and growth and ministry and school or opportunity, There is a person that he wants you to reach on the other end. If you get a promotion, start saying, okay, God, you open the door. Where's the open heart? There is an open heart behind every open door. I had an opportunity. You can go to the next slide. I had an opportunity as a young photographer to go on a missions trip to Kenya And there was an opportunity to go to the Maasai Mara Game Park. So the Maasai Mara Game Park is like this amazing African reserve where you go out and you get in a Humvee and you just drive out like to the lions. The lions are right there and you're just like sitting there. I went out on the first morning and there were these like two elephants that got in a fight and they just smacked their heads together. And I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And this door opened. You know, I had an open door to go to the Maasai Mara game park. And you had to fly in on this custom flight. I I didn't pay for it. It was just an open door. And one of the things that I noticed at the game park is I noticed that the staff looked a little sad. And, And it really struck me like, ah, I'm this rich person here on this game park, like, looking at elephants, and then there's all these people serving me, and they just look sad. And I was pondering that. And I was walking around at night. (laughs) Maybe not the best idea in a game park. Uh, But I I walked out of the little place that I was staying, 
And I heard this keyboard player playing, and I was drawn in by the music. And so I went over, and there was this church. It was like a little chapel, and all of the staff at the game park had assembled, and they were having church. And so I went, and I just sat down, like, in the back row of the church, and I just thought, well, this is cool. And, uh, like, three seconds after I sat down, somebody comes up, and they said, we're excited you're here. We've been waiting for you. And I was like, oh, no, 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 you've got, the, there's a wrong guy. I, I don't know who you think I am. I'm just, I heard the music, and I came over. They're like, no, 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 we've been praying, and God said that he was going to send us somebody. So I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, I got up, and God gave me a word, and he, he told me to talk about the blessing of Abraham and how eternity is the ultimate blessing and how everyone there has no poverty, but they all have in, in, eternal inheritance. And after the, the little service, the, the, several people came up to me and they said, We've been here this whole time thinking we were the poor ones, but we're the rich ones. And there's so many rich people that come here that don't have any idea about God or the kingdom of heaven. We're the rich ones. And I'm like, yeah. Now, God opened a door for me to go to a game park. And if I would have just looked at that game park as if that was the thing, instead of looking for the assignment of where I am, when God opens a door, he's opening hearts. That picture, by the way, has nothing to do with that game park. It just showed a keyboard. Uh, that's an Instruments of Joy keyboard, and it was a good symbol of the, what drew me in. Okay, so here's the point. Here's the final three points uh, on the next slide. And, and I, J.D., I just, it's like, I don't, I don't think you guys need to know these things because I think they just already are these things, but it's good to recognize them and like turn this key often. Um, the Holy Spirit is critical. Don't ever do anything at the church that doesn't have the Holy Spirit as the author and the maintainer and the finisher. The Holy Spirit is critical. And the will of God is one thing, but the way of God is an equally important thing. So if we find ourselves getting out of the spirit because we're human and like me driving and yelling at the kids, get back in the spirit of God in gentleness and patience and kindness and humility. Uh, this is a place for abundance. Seeds Church is a place. Seeds Church is a place for abundance. The abundance is for creating abundance, abundance of affection for God, abundance in the lives of those who need who need to hear the good news, rich or poor, uh, abundance to be a river of God. And when you, you, I can, it's like hard to, I wish sometimes that I could take what I see in my spirit and just pour it out on everybody in the church. There is a multiplied, multiplied, multiple of opportunity at this church. Every one of you is an oak. Every one of you is a seed. You, you are not limited by some kind of earthly, foolish incapacity. You're not smart. It doesn't matter. You're the most brilliant person. It doesn't matter. 
The Holy Spirit is in you. You are a seed planted for the kingdom of God for eternity. Let the Spirit of God do His work in you. Don't settle for anything less than abundance in the kingdom of God. And don't settle just when God opens a door. Don't settle for an open door. Look for the open heart. In Jesus' name, amen.